Welcome to StartupRad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome everybody. This is Joe from StartupRad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog from Germany. I'm right now here in Bad Homburg. It's a very nice and small town uh, north of Frankfurt. And I'm here because I do have, again, a startup founder here with me. Welcome, Mark. Hey, Joe. Good to have you here. Um, I'm Mark Gille from uh, Sing Technologies, and we are uh, the provider and manufacturer of Singit, the uh, digitalization platform, which basically... Uh, serves uh, the needs in smart office and uh, mixed-use buildings. Okay, you already said it. You founded a startup here in beautiful Bad Homburg. We did. Yes, uh, but more interesting for me is where do you come from? Because I've stalked you a little bit in the, um, on LinkedIn and I actually found you are, you've been a founder of a startup, successfully so sold it to... A larger company, then been with the company in New York for some years, and then you came back. That's correct. So originally, I'm a I'm a physicist. Um, I I left that business uh, quite a while ago, about 25 years, uh, and I've mainly worked in um, uh, software integration technologies for the last 25 years. <clears throat> the last major thing I did before founding Thingit was uh, another startup actually also founded in, uh, in, uh, in Frankfurt in 2000. Uh, and that was a business process management platform, basically a technology um, to support workflows and business processes between people uh, and people or people and systems. Uh, this company I sold to a larger US company in 2006, worked for that company for a while, went to New York, Uh, and worked in the U.S. for quite a while and internationally, and then uh, founded Thingit actually in Brooklyn, uh, but uh, but decided to come back to um, to to Germany for good. Um, was it complex to actually set up the company legally in the U.S. and then move it over, or was it just uh, easy going? In in all fairness, it was it had some complexity, but. Uh, By now, we, I think we have resolved all aspects of that complexity. Uh, uh, how, how, many, how many years took this re resolution of issues? I think the first uh, baby steps with the technology are um, almost five years ago. Uh, we started uh, the business with um, a small uh, uh, company in Brooklyn four years ago. Uh, one year later, we founded the GmbH in Germany, and then uh, the whole transition process took place. Since we do have a lot of viewers and listeners who are not from Germany, GmbH is a German version of a limited. LTD. Yeah, yeah, limited. Yeah, yeah. it's Gesellschaft mit beschränkter Haftung. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. limited liability. Exactly. There you go. And um, what do you think is what do you think is the most important stuff you learned there? that helped you to set up doing it? You mean in the US? In general, in your life. I think Thingit is actually the synthesis of what I did before um, and my, uh, let's say, experience and ambition from uh, my time at the university. So I did uh, physics and um, 
and electronics at the university. So I have a little bit of a background in, in, uh, in those disciplines. And then um, I, I worked for 25 years in software business, mainly on the integration part and integration meaning, as I said before, uh, interaction between people, but also interaction between people and systems. And what you have in, uh, in uh, IoT, Internet of Things, and uh, digitalization today is, is basically the combination of the two things, which, interesting enough, uh, I think specifically regarding system integration, the industry has not fully embraced. I don't think that the industry already understands that a building digitalization is basically um, a... Um, a big corporate software system and not just an app to do something in the building. Oh, so many thoughts, so many thoughts. Just let me first structure them. First, um, a building is something re can be something really, really big and extensively complex. So when I think about the large skyscrapers here in Frankfurt, as well as all over the world, There are huge systems in there from the network, electricity, air condition, plumbing, whatever is there. So they are already highly complex and you guys are digitized, helping too. If, if you want to stretch that part just for a second before we get yeah. back, to, back to your questions, there has been a discussion. Should we use the term digitize or digitalize? Even SAP, uh, and I'm, I'm very <laughs> fond of that um, Uh, that one and only big German software company who made it uh, in, into uh, an area of software probably no no one else could could cover internationally. Uh, they they discussed the same thing and ended up with digitalization, which is the initiative to enable uh, business processes in in a digitized environment. Sorry for that uh, <laughs> that side note. Um, regarding your question on complexity, yes, a A, a high-res building is a complex building regarding the building control functionality you have in these buildings, but that technology has been quite stable over the last two or three decades. Mm -hmm. So if you look, um, um, if you spend some time watching um, Die Hard with Bruce Willis, that, that <laughs> thing where they, I think that was one of the first movies where building technology was part of the whole plot of the whole story. Uh, that is what, 25 years old or something? I don't, don't know exactly. Uh, you, you're referring to the first one, right? The first one, die, the first yeah, one, Die yeah. Hard. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah. Everybody who's watching this, who's not old enough, go down here in the show notes, you'll find a link to the trailer. Yeah, and Strongly you, recommend you absolutely it. should watch that. Uh, <laughs> and be it for the purpose of understanding what, what uh, building technology and high-res building has been at that time and, 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 and basically still is to a certain extent. So that part might be complex uh, and, and there ha have been certain things which have evolved quite a bit since, for example, with regard to energy management. But generally, I'd say that is a part which is well understood. The, the new aspect is actually um, how the interaction between people and the building and more importantly between people and people in the building for certain purposes uh, has been evolving in the last couple of years. I think that is the the disruptive change we're seeing in, in building digitalization uh, as opposed to the complexity of the building uh, control technology which we have in place for a while. Do you 
specifically refer to um, stuff like co-working, large companies with many departments, something like that? Absolutely. So co-working is a great example, um, and, and here's why. What, what co-working is about is not necessarily about companies like, like, like WeWork uh, or the like. It's really about how can I apply a shift in the way of how I want to work with others um, so that I support them with technology. So it's a, first and foremost, it's an organizational change. I want mm -hmm. certain things. I want uh, people to choose their um, their desks freely or based on a project scenario or a, a, a daily changing scenario. And to allow them to do this is quite difficult if you don't have technology in place which supports that. So it is um, the the the. the The main reason for doing all these things is really a an organizational, a strategic decision, uh, but the support comes from the technology. And you will find a lot of examples like this, a flexibility the business requires and technology just supports. Mm -hmm. I'm more and more wondering, are you guys actually a prop tech company, an IoT company, or something like an enabler of a social network within a company? Excellent within question. Building. So <laughs> with, with regard to IoT, um, first and foremost, we would never consider ourselves to be an IoT platform, mm -hmm. uh, whereby I'd say an IoT platform is something which connects arbitrary devices, sensors, actors, what have you, to the cloud. Mm -hmm. That's an IoT platform. Manages these things. Um, deals with all the, the the protocols, does firmware upgrades, uh, does a digital twin uh, asset management. We do all these things. Matter of factly, we have to, but that is just enabling technology for what, what, what we really do. And probably prop tech and even more so an enabler for social and business interaction is really what we do. That's why we refer to ourselves as digitalization platform, which... If you want to draw an architectural diagram of a system, I would put on top of an IoT platform. We have IoT platform aspects in our system, but again, only to support the interaction aspects you mentioned above. Can we make like a, a little bit more specific example when you um, use thing it in a building, let's say a small co-working space? How would you work with with them how would you enable like certain meetings whatever can, can you give us like a very small scale example of what are you guys doing why don't we do what you usually do in software we um we um do a little user story of what uh, someone would experience in the in a digitalized building and we would see where iot integration comes into play integration with building control and the social and business aspects you mentioned. So assume that you are, let's say you are um, a tenant in uh, the Cube Berlin, which is a, um, it's a very prestigious building that just completed. It's, it's awesome uh, architecture from uh, Danish architects. Uh, CIMO is the, is the developer. A beautiful building right across the uh, Angela Merkel's uh, uh, place of work. Um, and what, what, what this building, you are a tenant in that building. Um, you want to invite someone um, to work with you in a meeting, a lawyer, a 
whatever consultant um that person might arrive at the the central station in berlin um walks towards the building um the app which is part of our system would uh notice that with via geofence mechanisms would kind of activate uh, our functionality in the background and would uh, as a very first step let the um uh, invitee pass through the turnstiles call the elevator to uh the respective floor where it can uh, can um, where where your guest can meet you uh, even guide you with with indoor navigation to that um uh to that meeting room in that meeting room uh you would be able to control uh window shades light and what whatever uh which sounds a little bit gimmicky um because um even smart home is not necessarily a technology which has been fully embraced so why would you do that in an office building rest assured that people who can do it do it they're not walking uh, standing getting up and 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 switching on or off the light with with a switch on the wall they don't do it they just click the app and they adjust the window shades they apply preferences and all that stuff and when so, they don't have it anymore they start to miss it yeah I I'm I actually I was 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 quite surprised by that part I always had considered the kind of manual uh, adjustment of of um, the building control elements uh, via the app as not so important and I was more thinking that an energy management scenarios where you automatically adjust these things uh, would be interesting but even that is something people like um then Obviously, this can be easily extended to, let's say, media systems. So, if you're in a in a meeting room where you have to set up a um, um, a, um, a video conference or something mm -hmm. like that, that's also all integrated in one app. It's one of the the recurring topics, right? Um, that people want to access all of that in one single environment, which knows who they are, which know which knows the building from a structure perspective, uh, etc. Um, so I would like sum it up. It's, it's a platform you, you can use from an app that already knows your preferences and sets up the place according to your preferences. It, it knows the, your preferences because it first and foremost knows you, mm -hmm. right? Which is simply on a, on a software system always uh, involves something like a lock-in. Mm -hmm. Right, lock in with with multi-factor and your your um, your uh, fingerprint or multiple keywords and uh, what have you. But it knows you, and then it knows what you are allowed to do. It knows your roles. Are you a service technician who is in the building to fix something? Are you a guest of one of the tenants in the building uh, to uh, to uh, meet up with people there? Uh, are you a janitor providing services, a caterer, or something like that? So it knows your roles and the corresponding entitlements. What are you allowed to do in the building? Which would mean, for example, if I think it through, I have the app, I'm delivery food for a buffet, and it can tell, it lets me in and can tell me where to set it up. Exactly. Which, which is exactly what I described before with a guest, but just uh, for that, for the very purpose you just mentioned. Okay, and now another question. If you're a janitor, And uh, something got stuck. And can it also tell you where the problem is? 
first and foremost, it tells you where the problem is from a location perspective, which mm -hmm. is in a complex building, uh, a huge benefit, specifically if the, I mean, a janitor usually knows the building because the janitor is working in that building. Mm -hmm. That is not true for a service technician. So let's assume in our guest uh, invite scenario, the, the video system is broken. So you use, you, you want to control it with the app and you figure out, I, I cannot get, get it connected to my partners. So the next thing is you file an incident, which is also part of our system and part of how a billing should be digitalized. So then the next thing is that service technician comes from outside. Well, first and foremost, they will check it remotely, which mm -hmm. is also done with our system, right? And if they figure out they need to come and, and fix it on site, then uh, the, all the aspects of, of getting in, the access control, and finding um, the, um, the device or whatever they need to fix um, is, is part of the mix. And as you said before, probably a remote analysis of what the problem might have been and what they need to bring in terms of tools, in term, uh, terms of replacement parts and all these things. All this comes together. And you're probably referring the last bit um, to predictive, right? Um, I might even predict that there might be an issue with the device, a plant or something. If you think more mm -hmm. shopping mall or something like this, and they have uh, big fans or uh, thermal control loops or something, and you can predict from, let's say, the, the power consumption of a combined uh, heating and power unit uh, that there is something wrong. And then mm -hmm. they, can, they can initiate something before the thing really falls apart. And now I think I have understood what thing it the, the the platform is right, and your company underneath it is called Thing Technologies. Correct. Okay. Um, but uh, who would be your client? Would it be like the company who builds that actual building, the owner of the building, the the landlord who own, who rents some of the offices? or the tenant within those co-working offices? And the answer is actually a great question. The answer is actually all, all of them. Uh, however, I'd say the, the, the different roles you, you just mentioned might focus on these things at a different time. I think uh, for, the, for the developers, it, it is not 100% clear yet how they would monetize such an investment. Um, for it might be for a while that it's just uh, for a prestigious building you do this because it's just cool and you can um, your, your rent or your, your sales price might just increase this is a, f a fair bet but uh, I, I guess this will will not last uh, but is that something you can uh, you can you can you can pass through to the to the tenants via rent and Germany obviously not because we have Nebenkostenabrechnung and guidelines for that so that part might be uh, a little bit more complex, has to be a separate business, etc., etc. So let us assume that a corporate real estate tenant wants to do these things. Um, a lot of that can be done with from a, from a. I mean, you need hardware, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to do desk or space utilization, for example, uh, you you surely need uh, sensors uh, which would detect. Uh, whether a desk uh, is occupied or you have uh, three people in a meeting room or what have you. Now, that part can be done with retrofit and sensors paid by and installed by the the tenant. It's getting a little bit more 
complicated and complex if you want to connect to the existing building control or even more so if you want to do access control, which is, is one of the probably most important use case cases from a from a benefit from a from a return on investment perspective but access control you cannot do without the landlord i.e the building developer and access control is something that can be get very difficult just for a very simple reason because uh, for example somebody gets an entrance card and at this point he is permitted to get into the building but what like in two days in five days down the road, maybe you cancel his contract, whatever, or for example, uh, outsourcing, carve out whatever, and half of your employees are not permitted to enter that part of the building from next week on. Yeah, thank you for that curveball. So, um, <laughs> the, I mean, modern access control system at least gets you to the point that if you use a key card or whatever token based mechanism or even an app, uh, issued from that uh, access uh, control company, you always can um, assign entitlements to enter certain parts of um, the, the, the building via the system uh, they provide. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, this is quite far away from, from the business context. Uh, so it's really, you need to know that you have access to that part of the building. And even the part uh, that the building structure has to be known is not fully supported, but The interesting mechanism is do that without a key card, do that with a phone, and even more importantly, do it based on the business context. Um, entitlements are granted to people. So you would no longer have someone who needs to understand the web user interface or whatever you are getting of such an access control system. It's more like because you are inviting someone as a guest to your premises, um, let's say at the cube in Berlin, the system would know, oh, you as the host, you are on the sixth floor and that's why I have to, and there are certain rules in the system pre-configured that your guests have this and that access to the, 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 um, the floor your, your company is on, the roof deck and surely uh, through the lobby and the turnstiles and maybe the parking garage. So based on that, just the gesture of um, in inviting that user uh, as a guest is sufficient to get all the entitlements in the access control system set properly so that you can get in and more importantly revoke those entitlements let's say one hour after the meeting is over mm. and that part which usually is done by a person it's error prone um, and and you need to train people etc comes correct by construction and comes specifically for the different use cases, guest invitation, service technician, catering, etc. That's a huge benefit. And it's all transparent for the end users. No one has to do anything. Mm -hmm. that, that is quite a lot. And I do believe we could talk for hours and hours to come about stuff like that, uh, elevators, um, what, what was wrong with the building in Die Hard and whatever. But let, let's get to a few more like closing questions. Um, at this point right now, January 2020, by the way, thank you for making the time on a Saturday afternoon here. Um, what are you looking for like in terms of clients, investors, corporations, partners, If somebody watches this video, what are you looking for right now? 
So our situation in the market at the moment is the following. Um, you were, you seemed to be overwhelmed by the complexity we're discussing here, and rightly so. It is overwhelming. It's even overwhelming for us. So the business, the the, the scenarios we're seeing, we are foreseeing now are are already huge, and and there's much more to come. New sensors, new business cases, etc. And we have made the bet from the beginning that we would aim at that breadth of functionality rather than focusing on a specific functionality like room booking or space utilization or whatever. So we do the whole enchilada from access control uh, to indoor uh, uh, positioning, location, navigation, etc., etc. Now, that bet had paid off because we matter-of-factly build it. You can see it in production. You can see it live. And people have a demand for that breadth. It's, I think everybody who thinks about a blueprint for what they want to do in their building or uh, at their locations is thinking broader than uh, they initially expected. Now, which means that the market is there. We have no problem at all with the market and we have shown that our technology works. So we're in a pretty good position um, to roll it out into the market. Now, the digitalization game is a game which is never ever done by one single company. Let's say the underlying data center technology comes from the, the big players who get you the, the hosted systems and everything, so check. Mm -hmm. Maybe even some IoT technology which helps to connect the sensors. Then on top, what we do. That is by far not enough. Um, the very first thing is hardware either existing hardware, building control, or something you add uh, newly to a building in a new development. Or all of these little funky sensors you can do specific things with, like smart cleaning or what have you. They all come from different manufacturers. There's no way out, right? Mm -hmm. There's no way out of a zoo of service and technology providers in that mix. So that Zoo has to be orchestrated. A significant portion of our business concept is that we have been aiming at a well-functioning partner network for, right from the start. And um, the, the hardware vendors are great partners for us because they are almost 100% incentive aligned with what they do. So let's assume all the hardware stuff, integration and what have you is sorted out. Then the next question is, if such a complex solution is configured, who's maintaining that solution? Who's operating it? Who is the mix of community manager, technical operations, which you did not have in the past, compared, uh, compared to now? And that's another profile where you need companies uh, doing that, right, uh, for. And uh, as well as for the hardware vendors, we have already set up a great um, network of service providers for that part, companies like eShelter Security uh, or GMS here in, uh, in in Frankfurt help us add clients to do that. And they are even the, let's, let's say, digitalization facilities managers at, at, at our big sites, mm -hmm. right? It's not something we do. So you definitely need that network. There's no way out. We deliver the platform, but the services and the hardware around that comes from partners. Talk about investors. Well, we just uh, closed um, 
uh, a, a Series A uh, uh, financing round of 4.2 uh, million in um, October last year with uh, PropTech One from Berlin and Copalion from Cologne. Uh, great investors, uh, but uh, we are still uh, we are still looking at at least uh, uh, one or two more rounds, maybe a, a second closing on the on the Series A, mm -hmm. um, where we might just onboard um, some some more investors into uh, the framework we already uh, already have from that Series A round we just closed. And surely, um, as we have an ambition to work internationally, we have a good footprint from our history in the U.S. We understand U.S. business probably, forgive me that arrogance, um, a, a little bit better than most of the, the startups from, from, from Germany who have never been in the U.S. do, mm -hmm. right? We have done business in the U.S. for 10 years as individuals, uh, my co-founder Klaus Berlich and I. So uh, we know how they tick. Uh, we have an, a, an angel investor from the early days in the U.S. who helps us a little bit as a stepping stone. We have a team in the U.S. and Birmingham, Alabama, believe it or not. Uh, great place to have people uh, on board. Um, and so we have not only an ambition, but, but good first stepping stones into the U.S. And um, should we really broaden the business into the U.S. as we currently plan it? Uh, I'm pretty sure our Series B round will involve international investors. So uh, we are doing this because it's sponsored by Invest in Hessen. You actually came back from the U.S. to be back in Hessen. Why did you do it? Why you guys are here? In all fairness, um, one reason to come back was uh, that I already had founded my last startup here in Frankfurt, uh, and I, I had good experience with uh, with the location. Um, but surely, there are a couple of, of uh, very clear arguments uh, to do that. Um, first and foremost, uh, the connectivity. I can't. I mean, we have a functioning airport um, as opposed to, <laughs> let's say, other hip hip startup cities in Germany uh, and it's an international airport so I can get everywhere from here in no time uh, the same is true for uh, railway connectivity so uh, that that's a big plus for sure um, even the the electrons travel fast to Frankfurt we have the the biggest node uh, for for the German internet here that's one of the reasons that uh, that uh, we have big data centers right around the corner interesting enough uh, somehow connected to our investors um and um and then the um the, the two other the two or three other aspects are we have a um quite a quite a bit of of a functioning investors network uh, not necessarily comparable to uh, let's say berlin but well functioning it starts from uh there's there's a great uh, business angel um network here um Here in, in Hessen, which uh, which supports early startups, uh, if it's getting bigger, you you getting um, you, you you go broader anyway. So mm -hmm. lo locations, I mean, you 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 don't need to stick to um, to uh, your hood to to find your Series A investor. Uh, as I said regarding my Series B investors, um, so um, it's more important to have the the angel investors close by. Uh, we have a very well-functioning, uh, uh, great chamber of commerce here. Mm -hmm. uh, the IHK uh, Frankfurt is very supportive uh, to um, uh, help uh, help startups. The banks, well, what can I say? German banks and startups are still in its infancy. It's um, sometimes I feel it's a shame. Um, 
the um, how 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 well uh, startups support are supported by banks. I hope that is going to change because otherwise it's a big change for this country. In certain ways, we need this culture even with the banks. Um, so the the last bit is probably what is the work environment? What's the education environment and the work environment? Um, the region has great universities, um, Frankfurt, Darmstadt, Offenbach, for all disciplines we need, uh, technology, design, and so forth. There's uh, no reason to go somewhere else. There's a great pool. Friedberg, I haven't mentioned, Technische Hochschule Mittelhessen. You need the mix of people, and we have good universities to provide those. And, um, and then finally, the quality of living here. Um, Frankfurt is small. Mm -hmm. um, Wiesbaden is small, but they're both rich. Um, hence, you have the culture um, uh, coming with prosperity. Uh, and then if you want, want it a little bit more rural and hip, um, certain, uh, certain places in Offenbach or so would do. Um, so it's not bad even for, for younger people to live here. And then you're close to nature. In no time, right? If you if you like mountain biking or if you like uh, running or hiking or whatever, even windsurfing, uh, right? This is all something you you can do close by. So I think it's um it's a it's a it's a great mix and and definitely uh, one one of the locations in Germany you look at. Where do you see here, like regionally on state or city level, where they can do some improvements? Yeah, I mentioned the banks and the uh, the support culture for uh, financing a startup. I, I think we're not uh, uh, not there yet. Um, other than that, um, there there could be more cross discipline initiatives, which I'm seeing in in, in other cities. The the roundtables you get um, the the um, meet up uh, the meetup places to do something the whole enchilada maker spaces then uh, interaction with the industry which we do have uh, if you look a little bit broader uh, chemical industry we have the banks we have investors uh, pro uh, in in the real estate business uh, having their headquarters or, or or at least a subsidiary in frankfurt um, i'm not seeing the, the networking initiatives uh, yet and although i as i said before the chamber of commerce is doing a great job to um to uh, try or to to facilitate that uh, but but there are areas for improvement we all could contribute mm -hmm. and we also do i mean we uh, uh give you an example as as part of that uh, initiative with the um uh, with the chamber of commerce we do um uh, we do Uh, consulting for uh, students uh, and uh, pupils to um, uh, to give them advice on uh, uh, what they should do for a living, mm -hmm. uh, and we constantly take um, uh, take take people for inter for an internship to either two weeks uh, during their school time or a longer period for a diploma thesis or master thesis or what have you. Mm -hmm. Final question. If you would describe your life, either as a book title, as a movie title, or a combination of both, what would it be and why? And I'm wondering if you say Die Hard. Um, I'd rather say 
driving in the fast lane. Mm -hmm. As in, um, I think with, with all I did, and I should say the team, because you never do things alone. So I always had, uh, actually, interesting enough, uh, most of the people we work with here uh, or in the U.S. are uh, long, long-term fellows. Mm -hmm. So when I uh, when I talk about myself, I surely talk about more the uh, myself and the, the the group I'm working with. But all of us rather um, um, looking at the next step and and moving forward and 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 uh, trying to change things uh, um, rather than than uh, uh, rely on the status quo and. Because we usually do this with, with, with good speed, I'd say the fast line it is. Great. That was basically everything I had to, uh, I had to ask. Everybody who would like to learn more, go down here in the show notes. There'll be a link to your LinkedIn profile, the company website, and all the things we talked about, including a link to a trailer of Die Hard number one. <laughs> Great. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much. That's all, folks. Find more news, streams, events, and interviews at www.startuprad.io. Remember, sharing is caring.